We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Dynasty startup season. I mean, it's in full swing. It just keeps getting earlier and earlier every year, Shane Seeley. Um, I know that you and I both uh, had this little startup addiction going. We love doing it. And <laughs> I think this year I'm a little capped out, but I'm, I'm, I'm shedding some of the stagnant leagues that I've had, making room for some others. And, you know, I'll have a whole theory about leaving dynasty leagues. We can get into that. But, um, you know, so, with so first new- of all, Al, first of all, Al, don't you dare drag me into your degenerate habits. That is dynasty fantasy football. Are you so, so you've now shed leagues. Are you still over the 30 mark? Oh, yeah. Right? No, I'm, I'm closer to the 40 than I am to the 30. Yeah. So. Yeah, 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 but that's see, fine. You know, that's, Lee, again, that's like it, somebody who enjoys, you know, a little bit of uh, the marijuana on the weekends versus <laughs> somebody who's like all in full on. crackhead who's on the train, feet up in the air, passed out. Yeah, no, I mean, I again, it's, it you. it's market research. It's market research. But with yeah. Dynasty startup season yeah. and, you know, rookies coming into the fold and all, you know, becomes a new strategy. Every year there's a new strategy or a change in strategy based on what happened last year. So that's why I brought you on here. And that's why, you know, you guys, the Flex Network, the work you're doing over at DFS Army, I think that you have a, a very unique perspective on how to wait or discount the previous year in order to engage in trading in the offseason. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Five ways to build a dynasty team we'll st- with, from a startup perspective and also of an existing team already. So that will be the launching off point. So I guess really um, what, what, from a startup perspective, what do you think is the going to be the top tier of players? Who do you think are going to be the most coveted players in 2023 dynasty who's going to be that top five in your overall one qb rankings so we're talking about single quarterback positions right now or what are we talking about we're talking about because listen if we're talking we're talking super flex which no wait you didn't hear the question was in one quarterback leagues yes exactly so i understand it's one quarterback there are still going to be some quarterbacks that are like enemy in discussion but hands down it's got to be those those top wide receivers right like we're talking justin jefferson we're talking jamar chase the conversation kind of stops there. Obviously, I think we can loop in Cooper Cup, but he's what thirty? He'll be. No, I, I don't think he's. I don't think he's a consideration in the first round of dynasty drafts. No, I'm. I, I feel the exact same way. So yeah, I would definitely say it's going to be those top two wide receivers if we're talking about single quarterback leagues. Which, frankly, yeah, I mean, ladies and gentlemen, if you're playing dynasty in single quarterback leagues, you're doing it all wrong. 
right? I, I don't I don't agree with that necessarily, but I understand. That? No, I think that there's there there are two different games. I mean, I love I like Superflex mm-hmm. better, uh, but and I also agree I, uh, with your philosophy that we're, like let's utilize the quarterback. But some people yeah. just they they think it, it it swings the balance back the other way. But let's stick with the um, team sure. building exercise here. So okay, really, who are going to be the top the most coveted players? in dynasty leagues heading into startup season. So you, you mentioned Chase, you mentioned Jefferson. Who mm-hmm. are some of the other players you think are are worth top five, top six, top seven picks in startup drafts? Well, I think at the quarterback position. No, not, um, a, not a quarterback. No, I know. I know. I'm just yeah. I'm, I'm going there. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. at the quarterback position, right, people are naturally going to say, well, I should go for, for Josh Allen. I mm-hmm. should go for Patrick Mahomes. I like locking those types of positions in. And it's the same conversation we're going to have this year in redraft is, oh, my God, look at the differential between the top player, the top quarterbacks. I still believe fundamentally you need to build your team in the trenches. And what I mean by that is the wide receiver position, the running back position. And I even in Dynasty, even in today's world, I'm still willing to pay probably a late first, early second for Travis Kelsey, even in a non tight end premium type league, just because we've seen it where a team like the Chiefs is evolving where Patrick Mahomes doesn't need that superstar wide receiver core and he's able to make it done. Like we see superstars like Tyreek Hill move teams. He actually had his best season. Wait, hold on, on a record, second. Right? You you think that Travis Kelsey's a top five pick in Dynasty, Shane? No, top twelve. Top twelve. Okay. Like, so okay. late it, late round one, early round two. So I'm just I'm tr- I'm trying to I mean, answer my question. Answer my question, Shane Sealy. I said, who are the top five most coveted (laughs) assets? I mean, mean, this is the third time I'm asking the damn question. Alan, we have this on our show, DFS Army, DFSArmy.com. So you're still not going to answer the question. We like to teach the people how to fish, right? right? I can tell you who my top five players are. We're talking... Stephon Diggs, he's still up there in my opinion. Uh, uh, okay, hold on. This is this is going okay. extremely poorly. You're picking thirty-year-old players. Justin Jefferson, Jamar you've Chase. Said, you've said those two. Lamb, hold AJ on, stop. Brown. Slow, slow down. Slow down. Slow down. Be a good yes. guest, Shane Sealing. Okay. okay. All right. Here we go. I love being good who, guests. who are the <laughs> top? Five? I'm going to ask it one more time sure. so everyone okay. can understand. Top. Who players. are the? We're we're talking about startup draft strategy. Mm-hmm. Who do you believe are the top five? You said Chase and Jefferson, so you're not allowed to say them anymore. Okay. Who do you think after that are the most coveted assets in Dynasty? And you're not allowed to tell me mm-hmm. anyone who's 30 years old is a covet, most coveted uh, uh, asset okay. in Dynasty startup leagues. You know who I think is still coveted? Despite his slow start to the season and just an absolute monster finish to the second half of the season is CeeDee Lamb. CeeDee Lamb, Dallas Cowboys. He's going to continue to be the focal point of that offense continues to get double-digit targets pretty much every single game. And I like to liken a player like CeeDee Lamb to DeAndre Hopkins during his prime, except the difference between Hop and CeeDee Lamb is that Dak Prescott, despite what Dallas Cowboys fans keep saying, he's a top-tier quarterback, okay, in the NFL. Winning Super Bowl is hard. Guys, a player like CeeDee Lamb, a player like A.J. Brown, who's now going to be on this juggernaut that is the Eagles team, those are the types of players that I want to get on my team. High volume, young, studly, and most importantly, they've shown it. We've seen it with our eyes consistently. This isn't like a, a flash in a pan type situation. These are the types of players that if you want to compete in Dynasty, not for just for this year, but for future years, these are the types of players you need to build your team around. Now, I still believe generally that you need to have stud running backs on your team. So I generally like to to have more of a balanced approach 
when I'm building my team. Um, but the running back position, in my opinion, it's a lot more murky, right? I mean, who's at the top now? Because we're talking about, we don't want to talk about players that are old, right? Okay. And I was looking at it. How many of these subtly running backs that, we, that have been fantasy football producers for, for the last five years are now aging? They're 27, 28 years old. Austin Echo, Dalvin Cook. These guys aren't in consideration anymore. So yeah. are we looking uh, at players it, like Brees Hall? It, it was called, so take, take a, so what you're doing here. Okay. So when you talk about dynasty strategy and, and team building, right? What you yeah. want to do is, and we talked, we, I titled this podcast five tips mm-hmm. to build a dynasty. And I think yeah. that what you want to do in the beginning of your dynasty drafts and single quarterback leagues are, is have, obviously you want high end producers that yeah. you can count on for three to five year window. And again, there's not many of those guys. And that's what really led to the question. I think that you identified the three most coveted assets in dynasty fantasy football. And that's mm-hmm. CD lamb, Je- Jefferson chase. You know, and I think that those guys are a tier one, two, and three, and not that CD lamb. And I think you made a good comparison with, uh, that Lamb is like Hopkins. I don't, but I don't yeah. think that uh, Lamb is more of like that alpha. But he is that safe guy that's going to produce year in year out. He's an auto start in every format. And then AJ Brown's an interesting question because AJ Brown, uh, he's still in that peak age, and and we like him there. So I think that that's the fourth, right? So that's the fourth guy. And then I think you're going to have to. Um, I believe Jalen Waddle and Amon Ross St. Brown deserve first round consideration in mm-hmm. team building as a building block. Those guys are still, you know, very young, 23, 24 years old. And they are on teams that, you know, we like, we don't exactly know what's going on with Miami. And so I, I, it really, though, those guys for me are the building blocks of dynasty. Now you bring up an interesting concept with the running backs, running backs that, um, those guys that have been first round redraft picks forever, yeah. they're starting to age out a little bit. And what we know in dynasty fantasy football is once those running backs hit at age 27, they drop like flies. And there's a big chasm between their redraft ADP and their dynasty ADP. So Absolutely. we start to look at some of those wide receivers that you mentioned earlier that was giving you a hard time about the digs, you know, those type of guys, because you know, 20, Tyreek Hill, 29 years old. Stefan Diggs going to be 30 years old. So we're going to have to make a decision where to rank those players. Now you bring up Brees Hall. It's like if you're in a, let's say you're in a, a dynasty startup league and you're picking near the end of the first round. I've had this discussion with a few people already. And do you really, again, this is just a, this is not a right or wrong answer, but do you really want to start your draft, your dynasty draft that you're putting money down with a player who? may not probably won't be ready for the month of September. And I know dynasty is longer than that, but we've seen players come back from these type of injuries. And sometimes it's a full year before we get them where they're going again. So you're willing to draft a player like Brees Hall in the first round of your dynasty startup draft. Well, I think that's what, that's where I was trying to go before I was rudely interrupted by Mr. Alan Zalewski is, is the fact that I like right, right now, if I'm looking, if I'm staring down the barrel and I'm pick say one, one 112, I'm trying to decide. That's to me. That's the inflection point. Where do I want to drop a player like Stefan Diggs, who the aforementioned he's he's 29 years old right now. Okay, so next season, going to be pushing. Thir- <coughs> excuse, <coughs> excuse right. me, pushing 30. Tyreek Hill, he's 29, 29 years old. Yeah, go ahead, go get water. I'm going to continue on with this. So. I think that that's in dynasty. It's going to be interesting because I've already examined dynasty ADP pretty, you know, and there's been thousands of dynasty drafts that have gone off on sleeper MFL already like thousands. And there, there is an interesting point for dynasty players as you're starting to build your team where you're balancing age versus youth production versus projection. 
And I think yeah. that that's an important tip for players to understand is that you need to understand in the beginning of your draft, how you're going to build it. And you know, there's, you don't just have to, you can have a, a healthy balance of both. Th this is a question that I get asked all the time. What point of the draft do you realize the, Oh, okay. I'm going win now, or I'm going win later. Those it's always win now. There's no win later. Yeah. It's, it's always win now, Shane. I, I totally agree with you. And I apologize for that. Um, so, so basically what it was, what I was trying to get at is, to me, at the end of that first round is when you really need to make that decision between the young Brees Hall or some of these studly wide receivers that they're generally healthy. Yes, Stephon Diggs, didn't, he didn't love the way that they exited the playoffs this year. So now there's going to be controversy. Oh, this is just like what happened in Minnesota. Maybe they'll trade Stephon Diggs. Stephon Diggs is going to stay a bill. He's going to give it a little bit of time and he's going to continue to be a stud. He's going to continue to be productive. And I like the idea of if these older quote in air quotes, older wide receivers are going to be available at that stage of the draft, you're probably still going to have two to three years of high end elite level production from these players, barring an injury, right? You say that for any player, Brees Hall. Yes. You could argue probably three to four years of high end production, but we do not know how often now do we just have these, these players that get injured season after season. And it's always, I like the idea of a burden hand, right? I like the fact that Stefan Diggs throughout his career has stayed healthy. We were we were adamant this season in our redraft leagues of drafting Stefan Diggs around pick 1.6, 1.7. And I was roasted for this by my by my boss, the geek, Kevin Allen. He roasted me for having Stefan Diggs so high. And in the end, I'm still confident and I was happy with that decision. Again, because these players in perfect situations, continue to be high-end producers. So generally speaking, yes, you want to push for youth in your dynasty startups, especially at the top of your drafts. But if you're going to get two to three years of elite production from these elite players that have done it, there's no signs of slowing down. I'm definitely going to pull the trigger on one of those players and be confident with that. And yes, it hurts to pass up Brees Hall, but to your point, Al, is he going to be the Brees Hall that we saw at the start of the season? Or... Yeah. Is he going to be injured? Is it going to be a bit of a timeshare? I mean, Zonovan Knight was good enough that maybe he's going to get touches. Michael Carter, as far as I'm concerned, the Jets misused him, but he's still there. He's still present, right? So, yes, I want a workhorse running back, but not at the expense of a studly wide receiver, especially in 2023. And if you want to build your dynasty team with young running backs, there there is a um, you know there is a tier of guys that. Right now, by ADP, are going in the second round, but you can elevate mm -hmm. to the first round. I have no problem with that. You know, I'm talking about players like Travis Etienne, Kenneth Walker, uh, Christian McCaffrey. Is you know he's probably going to age well with the type of game that he has, the pass catching ability. And then you're talking about like a 26 year old Saquon Barkley, and Josh mm -hmm. Jacobs is still young enough where if he lands back in free agency with the Raiders, he's going to be in consideration for that like one two turn as well. So. The title of this podcast, again, is Tips to Build a Dynasty. And I, the way I outline it is that there's there's five guiding principles, right, Shane? And I just want to list all the principles, and we're going to come back and discuss all of those the, those different principles and how people can use these to, uh, to help build their dynasty team. And the first one is the dynasty window, understanding how, how far you should project players. The second one is understanding player liquidity. 
certain players are going to have uh, more trade value than actual value, and certain ones are, and other ones are going to have more actual value than trade value, right? We'll, we'll discuss those differences. Positional production value, okay? The same production is going to be more expensive at the running back position. This 20 points, uh, sorry, 15 fantasy points is always cheaper at the wide receiver position. So understanding that, right? And obviously tight ends that score 15, it's going to be the most expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, contract insulation. What's a player's contract? What's their real insulation with their contract? Are they on a two-year deal or do they have a three-year deal or are they really on a one-year deal? So the contract insulation will also drive player value. And the fifth one is the NFL calendar and how that changes value. Specifically, Leonard Fournette um, you know, or, or uh, Dalvin Cook, those guys are going to be worth more in week 13 to a championship team than they are right now. So depending on the time of the year, players change value. Okay. Uh, right now, a, a let's say like a Traylon Burks is going to be worth more now than uh, you know because he's a, a second year player that showed some upside than if he has three bad weeks in the first three weeks of the season. So understanding player yeah. value around the calendar. So let's come and talk about those five guiding principles, Shane. The first Can one. I just add just to yeah. the last one. Rookie picks also fall into that calendar. The closer we get to our rookie drafts, the more valuable those rookie picks are going to become. So. Patience and timing is important. To your yep. Yeah, and that's a great point. The rookie picks change value when you're on the clock and someone gets hot yeah. for a rookie. And we're I'm going to talk about that one. And we're going to try to cover all five of these. So first, let's okay. talk about the dynasty window. And dynasty players can fall into this trap chain of mm-hmm. thinking too long term. I think that dynasty is best played within two to three year windows. There's a few exceptions to that, you know, so. Where do you think the biggest mis- do you think that this is one of the biggest traps or mistakes that players can fall into and how do you avoid it? A hundred percent. I listen, th- I totally agree with you. Two to three years should always be your outlook. And that's why I know we're going to talk about the concept of productive struggle. I'm going to say I'm going to caution people who go in with the idea of doing productive struggle. But the way that you can combat it out is take advantage of it, man. Like look at a player like T- Tyler Lockett. Okay. He's old. He was conceivably on a bad team and he still finished as a top tier wide receiver two with, with wide receiver one production uh, upside. But he's, I wouldn't say quite free because he still has a name brand behind him, but a player like Tyler Lockett is super cheap. So you, if you can go out there and if you're going to spend your capital early on young players, you can build out your team with these older and veteran players because Al, we're only looking at short term one, two, three year windows. The idea that I'm in rebuild mode, I'm fine with that. If, if you can look at your team and understand, listen, I, I got problems. I got to sell, sell, sell. I'm in rebuild mode. You need to have a plan two to three years out. And I don't know, like, you know how people have this vision board, Al? The concept of a vision board or, or just the, um, if, you, if you picture it in the universe, you need to manifest it in the universe. It's the same idea with your fantasy teams. If you look at your team and understand, okay, this is my plan. I'm in win now mode. Don't be afraid to sell your assets. Particularly, I'm okay selling younger players that have not done anything, that haven't proven anything, that are probably more developmental, say like a Traylon Burks last year, right? If you can get a young, proven veteran, or excuse me, an older veteran that's going to help you win today. So yeah, understanding I mean, where your team is at is a, is a really good thing. But also, don't be afraid, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm in these in these dynasty leagues, like, you know, I, I'm... I'm always targeting like the Keenan Allen types 
yeah. you know, for I'm not saying trade Traylon Burks for Keenan Allen, but there's a classic example. Like, so I've been in some some redraft best ball style leagues and Keenan Allen is a, you know, sometimes goes in the second or third round. Right. And he showed that he is was worth it from a production standpoint. But in dynasty leagues, he's not going to hold that type of trade value. In fact, Traylon Burks, who goes in like the sixth or seventh round in, in uh, yeah. redraft this year in best ball. Those guys would probably be flipped. If you did a, a single quarterback league, Burks would probably go in the second, and yeah. uh, and Keenan Allen would go in the sixth round or fifth round or seventh round or whatever it is. And that is, therein lies the game of dynasty, right? Mm-hmm. The actual values don't match up with the trade values, and and I think that that's a way to exploit it because as a fantasy industry, we're bad at projecting the season ahead of us. How the hell are we going to project two and three seasons out? And you brought up Tyler Lockett as another one. He finished mm-hmm. his wide receiver seven on the year or something like that. I mean, it was pretty close to that. I mean, it was a, he was a locked-in wide receiver one for most of the year. He was an auto-start player. He was somewhere in there. Was wide receiver nine, something yeah. close to that. And I remember like he was basically a throw-in. So I think that that is the key here, identifying those veterans who have mm-hmm. done it year in and year out that are cheap in dynasty – that you can get. And, you know, I know nobody wants anyone to die on their roster. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like DeAndre Hopkins is a, a classic example. You can't trade that guy. But, yep. you know, the uh, friend of this podcast, Jordan McNamara, always says, what do you care about the price of your house if you're going to live in it for the rest of your life? Right. It's OK. Everyone wants to, like, mm-hmm. shed these old guys before they expire value wise. Sometimes just keep them on your roster and start them. You know, I mean, who's going to have more fantasy points over the next two seasons? Is it? Is it uh, DeAndre Hopkins or, you know, some project who we that still hasn't hit, you know, it and over and over mm. again. So uh, I, th- the- I think another great example of that is looking at Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper's got stink all over him, especially when he was traded to the Browns. Like, right. And yet he was still productive this year. He was he was in, in terms of points per game. He was right there with Tyler Lockett. Yeah, no, that, that's that's probably the, even the best example of them all because mm-hmm. he wasn't even old. He was like 27, right? Yeah. <laughs> and and yeah. he was being shed for pennies. Nobody wanted him. And now, you know, it's here. here's a general rule. Elite players stay elite. Good players stay yeah. good. Great players stay great, right? It doesn't – once you have two full seasons of sample size, and yes, football is a sample size, uh, is a small sample size sport. So you have to really just judge on that. Uh, in the chat, Hopkins versus Elijah Moore. Mm-hmm. This is a perfect example of what we're talking about, right? Like these guys are going to have similar value in dynasty startup and trade market. But obviously, who's going to have more fantasy points over the next two years? If I'm forced to bet my house on it, I'm betting DeAndre <laughs> Hopkins, right? So yeah. but let's, let's talk about the second guiding principle, and well, that's understanding – Ahead, I just have one, one one quick thing here. So so this is from Pat Kerwin on the on Sirius NFL. He always talks about when if a team is signing or trading for a player, and you expect them to be something that they're not in a previous team. So for example, if you're trading or buying or or signing a free agent who's always been his entire career wide receiver two on a team on an NFL team, and you bring them in thinking you're going to be the one, you're probably going to be disappointed. Yeah, so, the Corey Dave. That, that's the Corey yeah. Davis thing, right? Where exactly. He was, yeah, where you're bringing him in to bring. He's better. He's he's moving up a slot, right? He's moving yeah. from being a wide receiver two on his own team when he was with AJ Brown to now the wide receiver one two years ago on the New York Jets. That usually doesn't work, right? That's a really exactly. good point you bring up there. All right, the second the second tip is understanding player liquidity in dynasty. And the difference really between redraft and dynasty is the ability to keep your roster liquid, Shane. So mm-hmm. make sure. 
that you understand the actual value versus the market value. Can you hear us? Keep the, you're, I'm going to be talking about this on almost every podcast. And for yeah. example, entering last year, Devontae Adams, he was likely to have elite value, which he did, but the dynasty market labeled him an old bust aging player. So who are some of those guys this year that we might be able to exploit? I mean, Hopkins is certainly one of them. Are there any players that might not be liquid that you may want to attack and build uh, your dynasty, whether it's through the, 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 the startup draft or even in the trade market? Well, when it comes to players that I feel that the liquidity is going down, I look at going back to this olding, old aging running back position in particular, right? Because, I mean, some of these wide receivers just like fine wine, mm. but like running backs, Derrick Henry, he's 29 years old. That's questionable for some people who wants to go and draft an old aging running back but yet he's still extremely productive he still finishes like a top six running back in fantasy points per game and he looks healthy for the most part yes he's dealt with the foot issue but for the most part he looks healthy players like alvin kamara who's got stink all over him after last season 27 years old his style of game is probably similar to like an austin eckler if he was in a in a less dysfunctional type offense Alvin Kamara could have been just as productive as an Austin Eckler. So players like that are guys that I'm willing to spend a little bit on, understanding that they're going to lose their liquidity. They're going to be tough to trade in a season. But again, if if understanding as long as you have an actual team that can win now, those are the types of players you're going to want to go and tackle. Is, is that am I answering your question correctly, Al? I'm not sure. Oh yeah. No, brand. I think yeah. you'd identified the perfect guys because I'm thinking of wide receivers, but yeah, it's now shifted. Like the aging yeah. guys now, like the 20 because it's tough sometimes to take on 29, 30 year old guys. I understand why those guys don't move, but you know, when you're talking about running backs, like 26 to 28, I think you've identified the hot zone. Like last to trade for Alvin Kamara. Now Alvin Kamara could be suspended this year. Let's, let's just yeah, pretend okay. for a minute. Yeah. Let's, yeah. let's pretend that he's not going to be suspended because he, we're using him as yes, a specific player, but as an archetype. So I think you yeah. identified really exactly. You illustrated better than what I explained it is that mm -hmm. Kamara, um, you know, uh, Mixon might be heading into this territory, although he's still valued. Derrick Henry is the ultimate example. Aaron yes. Jones, right? Aaron, Aaron Jones. Jones. He's 28 years old, Ben, but he still looks good. He still looks electric. Last season, so not this season, but the previous season, when he, I think they went out of the playoffs with, with a fumble, with an Aaron Jones fumble. I'm like, that's it. He's never going to be a Packer. He's done as a Packer. And he comes back and he produces again this year. Yeah. Um, I look at you know at the wide receiver position, players like Mike Evans. Mike Evans is 29 years old. He didn't quite look as good as we thought. He disappointed this year. That's a good example. Except that Mike he won Williams. you he won you the fantasy championship if you I, made it. God, that's <laughs> the key thing, man. I had him on a few teams, and sure as hell, I did not make right. my championship in that case. Um, another player that I'd like to mention here quickly is Mike Williams, okay, of the Chargers. We talk about Keenan Allen a lot. Mike Williams is the same thing. He can be super productive when he's healthy. So there's obviously that risk factor for, for an older player like that. I'd be far more inclined to go and get a, a player like, like an Amari Cooper or somebody who's generally healthier than a Mike Williams. But again, Mike Williams kind of has a stink on him. He might be hard to trade, but you can probably get him for a song, right? A late second round pick right. for and a we, player like Mike Williams. And we point. like Justin Herbert is still for a bounce oh, back yeah. season next year. So yeah, no, yeah. Mike Williams. And again, he's going to fall into this category. So there's two ways now we're, we're looking at to build your dynasty team. And if you're going to go with a wide, like it, I still believe that if you're in a three receiver league, you, you want to get three young receivers to fill those Definitely. spots. Like, like, Definitely. you know, you start your draft with just say, Amon Ross St. Brown, uh, you, you come back in there with like a T Higgins 
And then in the third round, it, you could look at running back, but I still think like, you know, someone like Chris Olave or Chris Godwin or Debo Samuel. So now you have three guys. And again, you could insert your favorite guys in those ranges. But what we talked about is that this year, and the reason why dynasty strategy changes every year is because now the running backs are falling. You can get Derrick Henry in the fourth or fifth round of your dynasty startup league. Derrick Henry is going to be a top six picks in redraft. There is where the, uh, the edge is had when you when you look just look at underdog or sleeper or anyone's mm-hmm. early redraft rankings and then look at their dynasty rankings and the players who have those biggest chasms those are going to be your values so we talked about that's one way to build the dynasty the other way is yep. if you want to go the running back heavy and then you just identified some of the wide receivers so i think that when people say should i go old should i go young it it doesn't matter i think you have to look positionally where you want to build and where you want that shelf life to be and then mm-hmm. fill in those guys, you know, fill in, you know, the other positions. I think, too, what's important is when you look at a player's age, context matters, right? Like, again, just going back to a Mike Williams, a 28-year-old Mike Williams is a lot different than a 29-year-old Keenan Allen. I just trust that Keenan Allen's style of play, he's going to be able to play later in, in his into his career because he's been – well. He's had some injury issues, yes. But generally speaking, he's been healthier than a Mike Williams, right? So understanding context, same deal. I mean, if you've got a workhorse running back that's getting 300 touches a season, like, sorry, Al, like an Ezekiel Elliott versus like a Derrick Henry, I'm I'm far more inclined to go after a player like Derrick Henry who, one, DeMarco Murray was his teammate for the start of his career, right? So he didn't get those workhorse role uh, touches right. early on in his career. Um, where Zeke, they used him. They used him hard, right? So I'd yeah, be more inclined to go after a player that hasn't had that work. Austin Eckler is another example of that, right? So, so context matters as well for these players that are getting older. It's like a, it's like a car. It's not the year it was made. It's how many miles yeah. are on it, right? And yeah, exactly. You just, and you talked about Derrick Henry had light usage in the first two, three years, so that that makes a lot of sense. Plus, Derrick Henry is obviously an outlier, and you know. Yes. So, but but I again, you have to take a look at these the ages, right? So everyone. Uh, in dynasty startups is going to be the cheapest also that you get the running backs and in super flex, it's the quarterbacks, right? Like for example, in uh, Kenneth Walker, uh, Brees Hall, uh, Javante Williams before he was injured and you know, uh, who else? Travis ETN, Jonathan Taylor. These guys are nearly impossible to acquire in trades unless you're giving up elite wide receivers and you don't want to do that. So, Cheap running back production, like the Devin Singletary types or Shad Penny last year. This year, we'll get into some of those guys who those could be. So you have to really make those those tough decisions in dynasty startups. And it, you know, this year it just seems like the value is taking wide receivers early and then getting mm-hmm. cheaper, older running backs. You're going to have Derrick Henry and Dalvin Cook as your starting running backs if you go early wide receiver. But it does shift every year. The next guiding principle that I want to talk to, and I guess this really is a good lead-in, is the positional production value, meaning wide receivers are always cheaper as far as production. Wide receiver 10 versus running back 10, right? I mean, it's always going to be cheaper to draft wide receiver 10, right? I mean, and, and really, if you're not like a top five, top six running back, it almost doesn't matter, right? Whereas... Wide receiver 14 matters, right? Having Chris Olave matters. So knowing that wide receiver production is cheaper, mm-hmm. do you think that that's a reason possibly to go running back early, even in Dynasty when we just talked about how how valuable early young wide receivers could be? Of course. I mean, listen, 
at some point, Brissol is going to get drafted, right? At some point, Ken Walker is going to get drafted. And, and these guys are important parts of your team because we got to fill all these roles. But I, I still genuinely believe, Al, that if you're going to be spending this this early premium capital, it it just and, and this is maybe this is just bias because this is just from my experience. But the teams where I went wide receiver early in my dynasty leagues, two three years later, I'm still in con- in, in the conversation. It's it's still. This Rotowire podcast is brought to you by my favorite meal kit, Factor. I gave Factor a try, and I can tell you firsthand, eating better is easy with Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every meal arrives fresh, not frozen, and they're chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. Every week, you'll have over 35 different options to choose from, and there's something for every diet, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. And there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. So what are you waiting for? Get started today and get after those wellness goals. One of my favorite things about Factor is the convenience. We're talking meals that are good to go in two minutes or less. You can fuel up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat wherever you are. There's no prep, there's no mess, no cooking, no cleanup, none of that. It's perfect if you have a busy lifestyle and you can't dedicate an hour-plus each day to preparing lunch or preparing dinner, Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Factor also offers options for every meal. Pancakes, smoothies, you name it. Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, dinner, whatever you need, Factor has it. Factor is also tailored to your schedule, so you can get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals each week. Plus, you could pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. We've done the math. We've run the numbers over here. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be both nutritious and delicious. Head over to factormeals.com slash rotowire50 and use the code rotowire50. That'll get you 50% off your order. That's code rotowire50 at factormeals.com slash rotowire50 to get 50% off today. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Like you're getting players like Rashad White, Damian Pierce's later in the, in your rookie drafts because these players 
don't quite have the pedigree of, of, of like the top end running backs. So you're always able to find these players. And of course, you could say the same thing about the wide receiver position, right? Aminar St. Brown is a perfect example of that, right? Where he went later in, in the real NFL draft, which made him fall in our in our rookie drafts. But generally speaking, um, yes, we play Dynasty in two to three year windows, but I also want to be relevant and competitive in two to three years also, right? So I'm generally more inclined to go after these early wide receivers. But of course, listen, if if I if I walk out of my my first round draft and I get I say at the at the one two turn, Brees Hall and Ken Walker because they fell because people were inclined to draft wide receiver early. I'm laughing at that man. Having two of the best young running backs in the league moving forward for the next two to three years to to really be the staple of my team. Like I'm okay with that. But you need to understand if you're gonna do that, identify and plan ahead because most of these rookie drafts or excuse me, dynasty starter drafts are slow drafts, right? Look ahead and see, okay, pull up an average ADP. Who am I getting going to be getting in rounds five to six? Maybe you have to reach a little bit for one of these players, especially if you're on the turn, but make sure that if you do go positional heavy, either running back or wide receiver, right? Make sure that you, you plan out later rounds and understand, okay, if there is going to be a massive positional teardrop, maybe you shouldn't go and double up on that one position. So, I think it's really important how you build your team because if you do build it top heavy, Al, I find that fantasy football in general is it's a battle of attrition, right? Um, but in redraft leagues, we have the waiver wire. There are still players that you can go in that and pick off the waiver wire that can put up 10 to 12 points at the wide receiver position. Um, maybe there's an injury at RB and you can go out and, and spend your fab on that. In Dynasty Man, those waiver wires are barren. There's yeah. not a lot out there, right? So it, again, and obviously it's well. it's a little more format dependent, like you said, like in the leagues that we play in where there's like 30 deep yeah. rosters, yeah, there's you're you're very rarely gonna find a player on waivers that has significant impact. So having stars matters, having depth matters, and you have to make that balance, you know. But in like the FFPC, where you're only allowed to keep 12 guys in their dynasty yeah. leagues and you throw everyone back, you know, picks matter less because you're only gonna hold on to your first round pick in a cut tw- when you're only, when you're cutting 10 guys off your roster every year. So it really is format dependent. So I, I agree with yeah. what you said there uh, with our last 10 minutes or so, Shane, um, I would do want to talk about the quarterback position. Now uh, you talked about like super flex and, and how yeah. much we love super flex and you said you're doing it wrong. And I agree. You do want to play you, where the quarterback matters a little bit more. There's a lot of weight and the pushback to playing in two quarterback leagues, and especially in dynasty is that, mm-hmm. Literally, you're out. You're you're dead if you don't have two quarterbacks. And there's there's some truth to that. But just remember, Geno Smith was available. Brock Purdy was available, right? Like these guys do show up on waiver wires. And I know only one team can get them. So really, right now, by my count, there's only about eleven settled quarterback spots in the NFL. Like everything else is kind of up for grabs. Maybe there's thirteen. I mean, there's there's certainly eight or nine teams that we have no idea what their quarterback situation is going to be. So knowing there's that uncertainty, let's talk about single quarterback leagues for a minute, right? Where okay, you only need to start yeah. one quarterback. Yep. Is where, where, I mean, that top tier is going to be Mahomes, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, right? Yeah. Yep. Maybe even Trevor Lawrence. If you're feeling spicy, who knows? I mean, he's locked in. So how early, where should fantasy dynasty drafters in their startup drafts, mm-hmm. where should they plan on taking the quarterback? Now we talk about, not just projecting things for two, three years, but with those elite guys, I think it's safe to say three to five years is a, is a reasonable projection. Listen, I, I generally still will not 
be drafting a quarterback in the first round, period, right? Like if, if you decide that you want to go and get, say, like a Jalen Hurts or Patrick Mahomes because they make that much of a difference. I mean, when you compare them, uh, our, our friends over at Player Profiler have a have a, a fun stat called uh, Voss, value over stream, right? And when you compare those top-tier quarterbacks versus the value over stream, it's, it's pretty significant. So if you want to spend that capital and invest in your future at the quarterback position in a single quarterback league, I'm okay with it. I'm generally going to deflect. I'm okay getting one of those second tier quarterbacks. Like Dak Prescott is, is a guy I'm going to bring up because yeah. still extremely productive. He played very, very well. Yes. He had a lot of interceptions this year, but a lot of those frankly weren't his fault, right? It was, it was tip balls, that sort of thing. So understanding again, context matters. Um, but I'm, I'm probably more inclined to go and get a robust wide receiver running back core, maybe dabble in the tight end world with Travis Kelsey over getting one of those premium elite wide receiver quarterbacks. And I'm okay to get, one of those second tier guys. Um, when I talk about second tier, I mean, you talked about Herbert, talked about um, uh, Lamar, Burrow, but like Lamar, Lamar, Kyler Murray. Yes. Kyler Murray's burned us the last two seasons because of his injuries. But to me, he's still in kind of that sec, that second tier conversation. Right. I mean, hell out player like Kirk cousins has been on that borderline QB one, QB two for the last three years. Right. He's finished yeah. as like that wide receiver or quarterback 11 to 13. Am I comfortable? With Chris, with uh, with Captain as my QB one, no, not really. So probably rounds three, four is where I'll start to consider the quarterback position. But yeah, you won't get any of them because all those guys are going in round two in dynasty startups. All the the three guys we're talking, maybe even four. It may be by the beginning of round three, but by pick three or four. Where's Dak going? Is Dak going? He's not round two. No, no, Dak. I mean, he's not even going in in single quarterback leagues. He's like in the tenth round. See, that's that's the player that I want to get, man. Like, who would you rather have? A Dak Prescott who's going to put up maybe one to two less fantasy points per game versus Joey B? But you're getting him eight, nine rounds later? Like, to me, it's a no-brainer. Yep. Yeah, no, I I like that. I think Dak is a good target. A great player. Stay great. I still think Dak's a great player. He's QB 11 right now in Dynasty ADP. Now, you brought up the the Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray, for me, is dropping like a stone. Uh, We don't really know. I mean, he's... First of all, he's not going to be available for the first two months of the season, most yeah. likely. I mean, yeah. his injury happened late. In a single quarterback league, no problem. You just, you know, you, you grab Derek Carr late, or you you take Mac yeah. Jones or Kenny Pickett or even Aaron Rodgers, who's fallen to like QB twenty one at this point. Yeah. So no problem. But in obviously in two QB formats, you, you cannot have that. And there's he he is on shaky ground right now. So I think that's a good team building dynasty tip that uh, i mean i would take daniel jones especially if he ends up getting a contract a three-year contract say i mean it looks like that's going to happen over kyler murray um i mean that you know could be considered hot takey but we talked about as our fourth dynasty point one of our guiding principles that um contract insulation right now daniel jones doesn't have a contract but if he does get one of these like fake four year that really is a three year yeah. contract to me, that's good enough to elevate him uh, over Kyler Murray. Again, we haven't, you know, we Kyler Murray has proven to be a little bit less durable and, and you don't want to deal with that, but Murray's going to fall in these drafts and single quarterback. Um, yeah. And he has been and a disappointment. Daniel Jones, man, for one, he, he impressed me this year. Yes. He wasn't an elite passing quarterback, but he got the job done for the giants. And, Rundlings right now is that he's like for the, his first year he's getting forty million dollars out, just because uh, that's that that's the nature of the quarterback position. Now it'll be shocking if he actually gets that. When you compare it to Mahomes, who's getting what forty five a year, but yeah, yeah I, I, what, I, I mean the, the money again. The actual money is it, it 
doesn't so much matter to me as it does with just like, will he get a contract? Even if, let's say it's 32 million, or, you know, yeah. or it's 20. Yeah. Like yeah. to me, it doesn't matter. Like if they give him a deal, if they franchise tag him, he's still basically contractless. He's only, then yeah. he falls below the Kyler Murray's and all them. So what we're talking about just for dynasty team building and the specific point of contract insulation, mm-hmm. keep an eye on that. I think he's going to get it. And again, the specific money, yes, that will pay attention to that to see how much the market bears. But I just want to know that he's locked in for three years because what else can you, you know, that's that's why you when um in like rookie drafts you draft a first round a top ten quarterback early because you know that that guy's gonna even if he's bad like Zach Wilson Zach Wilson got two seasons to be horrible and he still got two mm-hmm. seasons if yeah. if Sam Howell had the start for the for the Washington team year one and he was bad he would that would be he'd be out of the league so that yeah. contract insulation does matter. Shane, we're going to uh, stop it here, man. I just want to review for everybody that okay. um, we talked about the dynasty window. We talked about understanding player liquidity, positional value, where to get uh, free fantasy points, the wide receiver versus the running back position, contract insulation, as you heard us just talk about. And obviously, we didn't get to it too much, but we touched down the dynasty calendar. I thought Shane brought up some really good points about rookie picks being more valuable as we get closer, we're going to continue these conversations as we get into. Um, I want everyone to go follow Shane on the Flex Network One. Uh, you're doing some great work over at DFS Army. Uh, hopefully, you'll start doing that podcast again. You'll That's be on this plan. podcast as a regular rotator. And of course, you're always tweeting out over there. You follow me at Alan Soslowski on Twitter. Follow, if you like videos like this, consider giving us a like on the video, subscribe to the channel. And also, if you love Dynasty conversation like we do, go check out if you have SiriusXM, just put in the dynasty hour into the search we're doing a a a show on serious uh you know, every once in a while, we're put about to put up two new episodes, and it's all Dynasty conversation with some of your favorite analysts. Shane, you did it again. We appreciate you coming on the show, and we'll be back next week with John Laub talking about some Senior Bowl and rookie takes. Everybody, go get in some startups, go make some trades, and enjoy your Dynasty Leagues. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.